Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing on this fine day? <laughs> I'm in a very good mood because I've just read uh, what Not the nice. first uh, email story is from uh, one of our excellent listeners, so I'm very much looking forward to uh, really? piling through that one. It's very funny, very funny, looking forward to it. And that, Chris... Being a radio professional myself is how you do a tease. You've got some great content coming up on the show later on. We, we never do really, that, do we? really have. No, we really don't. We, we, we are rank <laughs> We really are. I don't even do a good job. What's going on in... I don't even do a good job promoting the podcast. It's, it's awful. Right? <laughs> There's so many people on your bloody Twitter who are like, I didn't know you had a podcast. I was like, what? how could you not know? If you're a fan of someone, how do you not know that person's got a podcast? Clearly, we're doing something wrong, Chris. Clearly, we can do more. I'm taking personal... I think it's because it's, it's for one reason and one reason alone. We don't have the podcast yeah. on YouTube in any way, shape or form. Not even clips, yeah. right? Something we should probably yeah. address and something I'm looking into um, by popular demand. But yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> like the fact that we're a bit like Fight Club. We're, we're basically Fight Club, yes. but better. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. People don't we're know... Chicken. People don't know we're doing it. <laughs> the first role of the Abroad Japan podcast is you don't talk yeah. about it, right? So, yeah, well ends, done. Ends, ends up with a blown up building. <laughs> oh, God. Spoilers. But, like, if, you, uh, yeah. if you're listening in, you are a member of the Abroad Japan Fight Club. Well done. You're one of the chosen few. One of the chosen mm. 150,000 few. Uh, awesome. I'm all right. I'm bracing myself to finally have the Ken Watanabe documentary up. People have been asking, quite rightly so, where is the documentary, Chris? You promised it would be here. It's not here yet, but it's coming. Basically, I finished it. It's been sent to the management team. It's been got copyright approved for all the stuff that I used in the documentary. And now Ken Watanabe himself is watching it and is going to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down on whether it's good to go. So it's the bulls in his court now. It's pretty, pretty weird to think <sighs> something that I produced is being watched by Ken Watanabe. It's pretty cool. Don't know how I feel about that. Mm. Yeah, I you, I can imagine him in his hotel room going, let's see whether Chris has done me or sold me a kipper. Let's see if Chris Broad, <laughs> the man I called a friend, see whether he's uh, whether he's done me over or not. And he sits back in his high-backed armchair and he does like a man from Del Monte thumbs up <laughs> at the end of it and then you get to release the documentary finally. It's, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see. There's, I'm, 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 there's one bit left that I've got to do and that is the English subtitling, basically sort of translating his Japanese and whatnot for the viewers. And there's one kind of complicated hurdle that I haven't worked out yet and it's the last line of the entire documentary. Uh, he basically calls me an idiot in Japanese, right? He, in, a, in a sort of fun way. 
we you're familiar with Inception, right? You know Inception, the whole the spinner that determines if it's reality or not. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we had a scene where he. I, I joked that I didn't know if it was reality or not, so I wanted to spin it mm. and do the spinner and see if I was living in a real world or a dream world. And he did it, mm. and then he said something along... He basically said in English, uh, this is the real reason he wanted to meet, isn't it? What a, what an idiot. Ha, ha, ha. And then the documentary ends, <laughs> and it's quite a good ending, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but he says, oh, bucker than ah, like, what an idiot. But, like, I, I don't yeah. want to write what an idiot, because... For me, that comes across as too strong. Uh, what I would right, say okay. is what a Muppet, to be C honest. Like, Muppet works, but then I, I feel Muppet. like, would that It's very work? British, though, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's very British. I think, uh, what a liability. <laughs> what a liability. <laughs> what a, what a uh, fool. Fool is softer, I think. Idiot, I think fool is softer than idiot. What a fool. fool. What a, even that what sounds a, fool. a bit strong, though. I just worry that... I don't think it does. I guess what, what a, a, fat, what a c a word. word. What a hunt. What a <laughs> What a guy. What a guy. What about that? What a guy. What a dildo. What, what a, a guy. That doesn't make any sense. He's not critic. He's got to criticize himself slightly. And right, I think, right. yeah, what a fool. I think fool is the sort of word that people would use. Uh, would use around the world. They would understand right. what fool. You know, Shakespeare, isn't it? The, the classic role of the fool in theatre back in the day. The fool, mm. imbecile. If it, I mean, the the, the twat. The Brit in me. The Brit in me wants to use what a muppet or what a donkey. But I, yeah, I've got to think donkey. global. I think I think donkey and muppet might get you into more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, his his <laughs> Japanese management team might be like, "Why did you write yeah. what a donkey on screen? Why did you write that?" He just didn't look, say that. just just look like kind of like just just look what uh, looking like a Japanese to English dictionary that a Japanese person would use mm. uh, and see what 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 they would translate uh, backer into as a, as an English word. Bearing in mind that that might be wrong too. Well, it <laughs> would never it would, probably, it would be idiot. I think. Let me look it up now. Yeah, it says yeah. Uh, idiot, moron, fool. Moron strong, isn't it? That's a moron, strong moron. moron. <laughs> yeah. What a dickhead. <laughs> Imagine that at the last line. What a dickhead. And then the credits start to roll. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> I'd approve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the weird sort of problems you have to you have to think about when you're subtitling Ken Watanabe, insulting you. Yeah. It's great though. We're always it's doing great. it. You've you've seen the <laughs> opening. It's it's great. The the opening of the documentary opens with me insulting him. I basically say mm. I'm scared and he's like why and I'm like because you're very you know you're a very scary intimidating person and he's like no I'm not I'm a gentleman <laughs> and then the credits roll and then at the end he's like this is the only reason you wanted to meet me what an idiot and then the credits end so it ends with him yeah. insulting me uh, and it starts with me insulting him <laughs> yeah and just sort of like idiot just have idiot but like have a big echo on the end hey, idiot 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 <laughs> Like that, it's like, an idiot, and then and then a big freeze frame of Ken Watanabe and you, and it just says Ken Watanabe is an idiot in big letters, big Photoshop letters, seventy eight size, uh, layer effects on, drop shadow, uh, emboss everything. Just Ken Watanabe is an idiot. Good God, <laughs> good God, and if good I'd done God. that, I don't think the documentary would have been approved. But yeah, well, so you wouldn't have to edit it. <laughs> if you get the thumbs up, it could be up as soon as this week. So fingers yeah. bloody crossed, there. Fingers crossed. It's yeah. been a long battle, mm. but I think it it'll has. be worth it when it goes up. Good man, 
Good man. We've got a story this week from Gerard from Melbourne. He says, hello, Chris and Pete. Just thought I'd share a bit of an awkward moment I had in my Japan Exchange teaching interview this very morning. I had to declare my tattoos on my JET medical form. Oh, I didn't know that. Crikey. And one of the interviewers raised it during the interview. I reiterated what I'd written on the application, that they're not visible when wearing a business shirt with the sleeves rolled up, and that I'd keep them covered while working. Very good. I then said, I can show you, and started to take my... (laughs) Started to take off my jacket, with the intention of rolling up... (laughs) With the intention of rolling up my shirt sleeves to show this was the case. All three panel members immediately broke into a chorus of, no, 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 please, it's okay. And I quickly realised I hadn't made my intention clear, and they must have thought that I was going to go all magic mic on them. We all had a laugh, and the interview went well. But have either of you uh, heard of any stories about jet interviews uh, going awkward or making any weird occurrences? Uh, fingers crossed I'll make it through to <laughs> April for Jet cheers guys Gerard from Melbourne best of luck Gerard uh, that's a great story though yeah. it probably Stop works in your favour stripping off Gerard yeah you deviant <laughs> unzipped <laughs> his trousers break, I'll show you <laughs> <laughs> I uh <laughs> just stripping it off. <laughs> how to how to succeed in the jet interview? Life hacks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a jet's a uh, sexy go-go nightclub, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's a language school. What? Ah, oh, nuts. Oh man, it's uh, yeah. I think it probably worked in his favour though. They probably sh- saw that he had a good mm. sense of humour and uh, and whatnot. I don't think tattoos will get in the way though. Like uh, I knew quite a few people that had tattoos on jet. I think everyone yeah. had a tattoo that I knew. Um, you just got to keep them concealed. Even if it, I had a friend who got on jet and the tattoos came all the way down his arms, um, just right. meant he had to keep his shirt on, which is a bit of a problem in the summer. You'll oh, you might regret you getting those it's tattoos. Such a pain. Yeah. There's a there's a wrestler I think he's uh, MVP in the WWE mm. and he always have to wear I think he as a younger man he had a few gang tattoos I think that's a story if it's wide of the mark I apologise but um, I think he had a few gangsters and that's why I wear this really weird long singlet that covered them all up and stuff and I understand why but it's just like oh that's a that's a bit of a shame isn't it you've kind of made a decision there that means that you're just constantly warm constantly <laughs> got to have something in contact with your body oh rough bloody nightmare I mean yeah. both Pete and I did the jet interview only one of us got through yeah brack, but, two, uh, two, two very different uh, two very different situations unfortunately my, mine went pretty <laughs> crap if I recall I, I thought I did pretty badly mm. to be honest I, it's a miracle well it's not a miracle the only reason I got on is because of Fukushima about four people applied for the jet programme in my year <laughs> that yeah right against the backdrop <laughs> of a nuclear disaster that's literally the only reason I got through I think <laughs> everyone was put off yeah um, what about you did you have an awkward experience on your jet interview do you remember it? Uh, no, I turned up without um, any uh, preparation, uh, tried to freestyle it, and was quite rightly shown the door. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you freestyle it? Just, I was just... I'd, honestly, Chris, I'd had like four hours sleep. I was really nervous. Oh, no. I hadn't prepared. I, the... the the sort of sure plan, the, 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 um, the lesson plan, mm, I had mm. no... Uh, sort of plan. history and doing any of this show it's sort of lesson plan right they're sort of, well I was thinking in radio uh, or podcast uh, right, right. concepts uh, but like this kind of um, the lesson plan was just like it, it, what they went from was just very vague and I didn't really have much grounding in how to and back then 
like you know the internet what there wasn't like, there wasn't much as much on the internet to sort of sure, steal sure. from effectively and so um it was kind of difficult and so i turned up try free i'm fairly certain i bought from the uh, train station like king's cross train station like a teddy bear Oh my and God. decided to uh, start like a thing where you throw the teddy bear into someone's <laughs> arms and tell them to say a word or something. It was so shit, Chris. I'm, it was deep and distant. Pan, I can't remember, but it was genuinely. You never I told know me what that. I'll add into the mix. No, yeah, I, I seem to remember there was a teddy bear involved, uh, and they gave me my little letter telling me to get the fuck out of town. Uh, and yeah, my my, my my life didn't change one iota uh, except <laughs> I went to bed and got a lot of sleep. So uh, look, I'm not I'm not a big game player. I, I stress out. I panic. I fuck it up. Um, just the way it is really isn't it I'm just picturing you like throwing a teddy at like the Japanese ambassador to the UK and be like <laughs> say a word <laughs> the word say a word dickhead <laughs> backer <laughs> I, did, I, I got through I was very lucky they didn't li- they, they literally asked me nothing I don't remember much of it yeah I talked about how... Do you want me to take my top off now? (laughs) I'll show you. (laughs) Unzipped pants. I'll (laughs) show you my tats. I don't... My interview (laughs) is really crap. I don't really remember it at all, other than I talked about Wabi Sabi, and I talked about some books I read. I basically said, I'll go anywhere. I'm desperate. I'll go anywhere in Japan. I'll go anywhere. Yeah. Ominous. Because they... On my application, (laughs) I'd written, like... I'd written I wanted to go to Kobe, because there's Wagyu beef, and that looked like a cool thing. And but I, I sort of specified that I was happy to go anywhere, and they sort of grilled me on that a little bit. They were like, "Really, you wanted to go anywhere?" And I think I literally mm. said, "No, I remember what I said in person." I said, "You can put me in a cave in Hokkaido, and I'll still go." And they sort of nodded along. They didn't. They didn't find that funny. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, oh. It probably is. Probably is a cave in Hokkaido <laughs> where you can teach English." So, but uh, they put me halfway between Kobe and Hokkaido. I got I got Yamagata, but uh, yeah, I, I remember being pretty pretty damn nervous though. Just remember when you go into yeah. the jet interview, every stage of being inside the embassy or wherever the interview is, you're sort of being monitored. So, for example, before I went in for my interview, I don't know if you had this. You have to do like a spelling test. And right, okay. there's like an ex-jet, somebody that was on the jet program, who will talk to you, basically. And it's very informal. They're just there to talk to you. And uh, mm. it seems they're like, they're like your friend. But actually, they're secretly right. sort of grilling you. They're secretly oh, uh, interrogating you right. a little bit, and, and they'll, they'll give their feedback on. I had a friend. Yeah. Uh, I won't say who or where, but he, I, I, I knew him in Yamagata, and he went on to... Uh, to work as an interviewer for the jet program. And he told me it was a mm. bit of a shit shape. <laughs> he sort of said it was a disaster. Loads of people who are really good were just turned down. Um, just because right. they didn't have enough tangible sort of love for Japanese culture, like manga or whatever. You know, He said that a lot of people... What, that... So that actually goes for you? You'd think, uh, you'd think that you'd, does, want yeah. to, you'd want the people who are a bit more serious about it being a career rather than, I like manga, I like swords. <laughs> like, uh. Yeah, he, he said that uh, that's a big factor. And I should ask him more, to be right. honest. I, I've been meaning to meet, him up, meet up with him next time I'm back home and um, yeah. grill him a bit. But, like, yeah, I, I want to find out what the criteria is. But I think yeah. one thing I look for is, you know, do you have any, if you have any teaching experience, you're in. You're basically in. You're done. Well done. Yeah. You're on. Um, right. That's a big. That's the biggest factor. Um, he also right, said okay. he had that really awkward situation where uh, quite a lot of applicants had written abroad in Japan down as a reason they wanted to go to Japan. Don't do that. Okay. That's not good enough. Uh, that won't. That won't do you any favors. Although he did say, 
he said, kind of reassuringly, but also not, that the best applicant mm. and the worst applicant had both cited abroad in Japan channel. Nice. That's reasons they wanted like to go to Japan. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd say don't do Look, that, though. If I had my time again, I would turn up with my top off, <laughs> uh, with several daubings. About how enjoy. much I love Japan, there'd be a drawing of Sailor Moon on my <laughs> belly button, and uh, I would uh, serenade them with a five-hour rock opera uh, that I'd made myself with a Bon Tempe keyboard and a um, and a copy of Sony Vegas, uh, <laughs> all about Coolish, and uh, that that would I think get Korean-owned me. Korean-owned At the end, I'd say I'm trying to get into the country to. I don't know. Get 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 Ken. Get big get Ken. Double you. Big Ken. Double you. I want to hug him. I think you'd be <laughs> if you did everything you just explained. I think you'd be arrested yeah. very quickly and detained within yeah, the embassy. I think it's a. How are you fixed for the rest of your life as mayor of Japan? <laughs> you sound cool. <laughs> Inside, it's, some crazy things happen. Inside the mind of Pete Dawson. But Pete. <laughs> Cheer me up, body. what we got, the news of the week, what's going down in Japan, fill us in. Chris, you are not good, we talked about this delicious liquor uh, on uh, last week's show, and uh, you will not believe this, nobody is fucking drinking sake at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> young Japanese people are not drinking Nihon Shu. Nihon, they've tried to market to the young generation by uh, incorporating uh, a, a brewery mm. uh, creations that uh, that are named after the Foo Fighters or oh. um, Ed Sheeran, um, you know. But but this isn't working. Young people are not interested in drinking sake. They they, they they've served ten thousand men and women ranging in age between their twenties and sixties. How often they drink sake? Out of those who responded in their 20s or 30s, 28% said they'd not drunk sake for over a year. And 42% responded they'd never drunk sake before, meaning 70% of young people surveyed had not had any sake in over a year. Whoa. That's pretty Whoa. impressive. That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, because we, whenever you think of Japan, you think sake, you think wagyu beef, and, and they clearly not um, get bothering with the old sake. Maybe it's a, an acquired taste. There's a massive gender discrepancy, apparently. 74% of all women surveyed uh, said that they, they'd not drunk any sake for over a year. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and male respondents apparently said that they love drinking sake alone, those of them who are interested in the world of sake. Mm. But uh, th- th- there's fewer women drinking sake than ever before there's fewer people drinking sake overall it's uh it's sad sad it is sad i do think we're going to see like a big impact in the next coming de- decade basically of um, mm. sake breweries closing and whatnot there's yeah. so many but like it is a shame i like sake i'll admit i do not drink it that much i probably drink it once or twice a month uh yeah i i i it hits me pretty hard um I guess that's a good thing. You don't need much sake, but it'll hit you pretty hard. It's very deceptive. Yeah. It's lovely in winter. We talked about it uh, last week, how it's really nice having it as atsukan, hot sake. Yeah. Uh, beautiful stuff in winter. But uh, it's a shame. But I, I kind of understand it because I like drinks like vodka or gin uh, that can be mixed uh, with fruits and cocktails and whatnot, which are more popular with younger people. Uh, mm. You can't really do that with sake. I have had some incredible sake cocktails. Um, I had a cocktail once that's like it was just cow piss 
you know, Calpis, Colgus, yes. mm-hmm. uh, the sort mm. of milky... Like sweet yogurty drink. Yeah, yeah, the sweet yogurty drink like. mixed with sake. And it was honestly one of the best cocktails I've ever had. The guide nailed the mm. proportions and whatnot, the, the ratio of yeah. sake to Calpis. Um, I should mm. probably steal the recipe. But like, that was good. And I feel like that needs to happen yeah. more. There needs to be more sort of sake-infused cocktails going forward to appeal to younger generations. Um, sake, otherwise, you know, I can see sake not becoming extinct, but really dying out of fashion and lots of great businesses going under. Like a lot of rural towns and economies in Japan rely on the sake business, on sort of ancient breweries going back hundreds of years. Um, mm. So real shame, real shame. In, I mean, in, how um, often do you drink the, the, the one- it? Um, I had some at Christmas, but the the one sake that uh, is apparently very well reviewed and very well loved in in Japan, uh, the the only one that's really available on on your high street and your waitresses, maybe Sainsbury's as well, uh, Sawanotsuru Deluxe uh, Sake uh, is uh, very. Um, you see it all over the place, but it's people review it very well. But I I can't get on with it really. I, I think it's. Um, yeah, it's not great warm. Better cold, but it's still, I've had better to be honest. I've had more. Fr- mm. I mean, maybe it's just kind of like I, I just prefer a fruitier, fruitier drink. And certainly the sure. uh, the sparkling sake that I've had before is uh, is very delicious. Oh, it's that, really good. Is that strictly sake. sake? It's beautiful. Mm. I love the it. little bottles. Um, I've had uh, little what they come in little bottles and it's, it's adorable little things. Um, Shiraka Begura. Uh, Neo sparkling sake. Like uh, you can buy it on online. <laughs> Shiraka Begara. Shiraka Begara. My favourite sake. If, if you're sort of new to sake and you want something that is sort of accessible, drinkable, but delicious, mm. uh, Nigori mm. Zake. Nigori Zake, literally cloudy sake. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. It's um, it's got a sort of a, a sort of mild sweetness to it. And almost the texture of Calpis, to be honest. It almost tastes like drinking a cocktail, Nigori Zake, but it's cloudy and it has a lot more um, I think often the, the, the bottle itself has a lot more of the mash from the, ri- uh, from the rice and the sake inside it but yeah mm. really drinkable very nice I often eat it I often sorry um, drink it alongside yakitori skewered meat that I have like once a week uh, the place I go that they serve really nice nigori sake beautiful stuff but no I do love sake mm. but there's a time and a place for it and I, I feel like it goes very well with Japanese food but it just feels a bit weird drinking sake alongside not Japanese food, and that's a big problem. Uh, and mm. I think it's 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 going to suffer as a result. Sad yeah. times, indeed. Sad times for sake. Sad times, but Kit Kat sake flavor is amazing. And if you could try one <laughs> one of Japan's many exotic Kit Kat flavors, Kit Kat sake flavor is the one to try. It's got a sort of white chocolate taste uh, sweet undertones very fragrant very floral beautiful beautiful stuff Mm. I uh, eat it a lot more than I care to admit but uh, yeah hopefully someone will work out sake plus mixers equals amazing cocktails and will revitalise the world of sake I wish that was going to happen it won't we'll be back (laughs) with the fax machine your stories and questions guys in just a moment small details are big surfaces Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
Only from Rustolium. And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? Hit me. We got a message from uh, Alex. Alex, uh, who has a wonderfully um, French name. And Alex resides in Quebec in Canada. As you both put our content to a large audience, I'm rather sure you... I'm rather sh- I'm rather sure you pay close attention to your spelling before you publish anything. Uh, as mixing up uh, then and than or throwing the absurd could of can turn any text from a poem to a second grader's first draft. Or maybe that's just me. Um... I'm not really sure. I'm trying to read that sentence again. I'm a little bit confused. Um, my question to Chris is, are there common mistakes in Japanese you see locals make uh, when they write or send text messages? So uh, do people make common mistakes that are confusing? I mean, if you want common mistakes, if you want to see the Japanese mindset or like rudimentary Japanese English, just go look at Natsuki on Instagram. Uh, he, he always writes, <laughs> you know, he writes that himself. I don't like filter it. Yeah. Uh, for example, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen this. This is great. There's a photo of him dressed in snow gear. It says, hi, everyone. Yeah. Scary snow. This year's snow is awesome. The amount of snow that has never been seen in the past is already hard. Snow was removed too much, and a mountain was created in the parking lot of my shop. Volcano in the shop. <laughs> that was Natsuki's. Writes, um, a bit like Donald Trump does his uh, speeches. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better than that. But, uh, yeah, probably better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, my the, my favourite thing is uh, I don't even know if it's a spelling mistake. It's just a, an interesting phrasing. The mm. uh, my my first and I think last Japanese girl I dated when we uh, before we started dating, we went up for a few dates. It was going well. I remember she went home mm. uh, after we spent the night together, and she went home, and I got a message in the afternoon that just said, "Do we become lovers?" Question mark. And that's always stuck Ooh. with me. It's technically correct, isn't it? Do we become lovers? Do we become I've texted lovers? that so many times to you, <laughs> and you never respond, you callous bastard. It's one of those things, though. Like, it's correct. It makes sense, but it just sounds weird yeah. and off. But I'm going to try that <laughs> on my next date with anyone. Yeah. Do we become lovers? I'll probably <laughs> destroy any future prospects very swiftly. We've got one here from Ula from Sweden. I hope I pronounced that right, Ula. Uh, hello, Chrissy, Chris, and PEP. I've become obsessed with the idea of cycling from Onomichi to Imabari across the inland sea of Japan uh, from watching the episode of Journey Across Japan where he did it. Unfortunately, due to a genuine fear of bridges, uh, he won't do Ooh. the cycling with me. Doesn't specify who he is. I'm assuming it's a boyfriend. Uh, Fortunately, I'm a raging introvert and don't mind the thought of spending some time alone with a bike and some scenery. I understand there are ferries that will take you across from island to island. And our plan would be for my boyfriend to hop on one of these and meet me on the islands here and there. I suspect that I would take longer to arrive than him on the ferry and I worry it would be boring for him to just walk around uh, waiting for me to arrive. Are any of the islands fun on their own? to loiter around in much love Ula from Sweden with her boyfriend <laughs> afraid of bridges that's an interesting fear isn't it I don't think I've ever heard of that one do you understand yeah do, have you heard of that before um I, there's certainly um my uh, dog Lola uh, very much hates <laughs> bridges uh, in that really? she will run away from she'll run away from one side of a bridge 
only to find herself at the other side of a bridge, which she doesn't seem to mind quite so much, even though they're identical. They're identical mm. uh, elevation from the floor, uh, identical heights, identical danger, but um, she'll just choose one. She'll go, get me away <laughs> from that one, Pete. I'm going to go over here, and then, but she's fine with that side of the things, with the exact same situation, but on the left-hand side. Confusing. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned a lot about dogs today. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And bridges, for crying out loud. Yeah, bridges and a dogs. genuine fear of bridges. Yeah. I, I, mm. I don't know if there are actually ferries that will take you across the islands um, in the way you think they will. And unfortunately, I mm. don't think that's an option. There's probably a ferry that goes across the inland sea. Well, there is a ferry that goes across the inland sea. But you'd be separated for a very long time. And I don't think it would work, sadly. I think you're going to have to get your boyfriend to just somehow, we'll just get a ferry across and you're going to have to meet him. Isn't that strange that you've got a fear of bridges but not of ferries? I would have thought a ferry would be scarier. Mm. I don't want to scare him yeah. now. I don't want to put him off ferries as well. I don't want to create another fear. But uh, I would encourage him to get over his fear of bridges somehow and join you on the cycle because it is, hands down, the greatest thing you can do. Uh, physical challenge in Japan for my money I love that cycle and I need to do it again soon it's been far too long it's been four years now and uh, it is an incredible thing we got one here from Tim who says dear captivating courageous Chris very good and particularly peculiar Pete what is is all all these bloody adjectives every week (laughs) Ohio from Ohio I enjoy listening to Japanese or Japanese derived music when I can in between podcasts some artists such as Kitaro Hiroshima and Yumi Aria Uh, since I have similar taste to you Chris with a love of interesting 80s themed music I was wondering if you had any Japanese or any inspired music any artists one could check out to get more into the Japanese culture keep up the good work the both of you Tim Uh, there's a really good band Natsuki and I both bonded over years ago and we, we both recalled recently when we hung out it's a band called blanky jet city blanky jet city blanky jet city bit of a weird name <laughs> as you'd expect from a japanese band mm. um really really cool like rock music from the um the 90s though and I, I actually put their music in a lot of my earlier videos and somehow avoided copyright strikes i also put in mm. a lot of music from meiko kaji uh, whose song everyone's heard one of her song one of her songs um, I think it's called Snow or oh, it's called Snow something or other it's the one in Kill Bill have you seen Kill Bill where Lucy yes, Liu okay, right, I get beats it. a grisly mm. end spoilers mm. but everyone knows it's going to happen uh, there's, a, there's an end scene with Uma Thurman and uh, uh, chopping someone up <laughs> chopping Lucy Liu <laughs> fucking chopping Lucy Liu spoilers everywhere Lucy Liu gets fucked up by Uma Thurman and the song starts playing it's a beautiful song and that artist Meiko Kaji I listened to a lot of her music when I first arrived here it's kind right. of Enka style music it's like she's singing a story and I kind of like that and I used to listen to that a lot and I, again I put her music in the Abroad in Japan videos in the early days um so yeah, make a casual. Wasn't there a band in? Cool. Wasn't there a Japanese band in Kill Bill that was? Um, uh, was it, the one, yeah, the one, two, three, fours or something. That one. they were called, or the five, six, seven, eights or something. Yeah, yeah. They were, I think they were called the one. Two, I think I saw them at Reading Festival, and Did you? Uh, they only had that song. <laughs> <laughs> they very much only had that song. God, that'd be so <laughs> awkward, like as an artist having like only one song and then playing some other ones and no one caring. Uh, and of course, battle without honor or humanity. Which is the most overplayed? Great song, massively overplayed. Kill Bill had a solid soundtrack. 
credit where it's due. Mm. Um, yeah, also Tatsuri Master. I bang on about him all day long. He's great. I don't listen yeah. to that much Japanese music, though. I know I listen to City Pop quite a lot. But, I yeah, I don't really listen to as much Japanese music as people would think. Um, not really my thing. What about you, Pete? What you got? Give us some I mean, I t- You're a genius. I remember sort of, I, I, for quite a while, I had like quite a lot of Japanese music on uh, old hard drives. And every now and again, you know when you have those lost afternoons where you try to look for a certain file that's 10 yeah, years old? Yeah, yeah. And you go on an old hard drive and then you're just <laughs> in. You're just looking at old videos, watching I old, love it. Uh, pictures. I just had a lot of Mr. Children, uh, oh, in, Children. Uh, videos and stuff. And obviously like, they are probably the biggest uh, rock band to come out of, uh, of Japan. They are... Would you One say off, that the, yeah. the U2 of Japan? They're absolutely mm. gigantic. But, uh, you know, anything... Yeah, it, it's interesting. They're not particularly good, but they're, <laughs> they're certainly interesting. <laughs> Bump of Chicken. Remember Bump of Chicken? They're similar sort of sort of thing. They're very uh, what anime. They sound very good. I like the uh, punk band High Standard back in the day, who I think were on Fat Records. They're quite fun. I, I uh, did... I yeah, did. Just, just... Yeah. I got into um, Larkin CL after I met Hyde. I hadn't really heard much of Hyde's music when I met him, the rock star. Mm. And uh, Larkin CL are one of the, the, the sort of top five artists in Japan of all time. And their music from the 90s uh, is, is really good. Like they did Driver's High, the soundtrack for GTA, my favourite anime series. And uh, they did mm. some really cool songs. And most of my Japanese friends love Larkin CL. And it's easy to see why. They've got sort of like happy-go-lucky pop sort of style of music. Um, Hyde himself is a fantastic singer. He's a very good singer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I recommend Larkin CL in the 90s. There's a real cool 90s vibe. 90s Japan. Mm. I love it. Everything about 90s and 80s. Nothing good happened in the 2000s. Let's just forget about that. <laughs> Let's forget about that. New um, metal happened in the 2000s, sunshine. But what's happening now? <laughs> it, it's all up from no, here. No new metal. Yeah. yeah. True. I, I, yeah. I need to I need to uncover more music in Japan though. I need to do a mm. bit more hard work. Yeah, keep the stories. Start a band with Natsuki. Start oh my a band god! With Natsuki. Look, well, that's a good that song. Journey across Japan song. Yeah, we, you do, uh, you've actually done had two. You've actually yeah. been at the at the heart of two musical endeavors. Natsuki's band with his old um, schoolmates or whatever it was, and 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 too much volcano, <laughs> obviously as well. Two very different vibes. You're like playing with the genres. I, I, to be honest, I think that song Natsuki did was actually kind of cool. Uh, it, it was like mm. at the end. Uh, we're talking about the one, cool. the end of Natsuki the movie, right? Where he like yeah. unite. Oh, that's a that's a really nice story. I think Natsuki yeah. the movie, the opening, and the ending are really rock solid, but the middle just goes all over the place, especially as you're <laughs> in it. But like the ending yeah. with the band reuniting for the first time in ten fifteen years, bashing out a song about Natsuki's trip to London and Paris. It's actually kind of cool. I, I take that for granted. <laughs> how awesome that is! Yeah, go listen to that. Go listen to that, Tim. That'll inspire you. <laughs> but go and watch all of Natsuki the movie first. Otherwise, it makes no sense and it will sound mm. dreadful. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into a in Japan podcast at gmail dot com. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we'll be back to do it all over again later in the week. But for now, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world have yourself a great few days we'll be right back here do it all over again on the Born Japan podcast very soon bye for now Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.